Wow. <laughs> that was fantastic. Thank you, Dr. Stephen Kron. So beautiful. Well, we, yes. Now, that's a way to start a service, isn't it? <laughs> Well, we are so glad you're here. Welcome to Westlake United Methodist Church. My name is Kurt Davis. I'm Associate Pastor of Community Engagement and Program Development. Well, I want to invite you to do something. At the end of your row, there is a booklet. If you would open that up and sign in and pass it down the row, we would greatly appreciate that. And uh, if you are worshiping with us online, I did want to mention... We are aware that there are some connectivity issues this morning, so if you have dropping in and dropping out, we do apologize. We recognize that is in fact happening. Uh, we have some new equipment that will be installed this week, and we'll be, we will be back up and running much better next Sunday, <laughs> but thank you all for your patience. We do appreciate that. I do want to invite you, though, to sign in to register your attendance if you're worshiping online. If you're on the live stream on the website, if you'll back out of full screen mode, click on that little red rectangle that is above the video screen that says register your attendance. Fill out that form, come on back. We'd really appreciate it. And if you're on Facebook Live, you can also get to that registration on the event page itself. Well, a few things that are happening here this week and in the weeks to come that I want to let you know about. Uh, first, we have some very exciting opportunities in both our children's and youth ministries programming. Very excited for this fall and for this year. Um, so on the second Sunday of each month, we have a service Sunday opportunity for our kiddos. And today is that second Sunday. So today at 4 o'clock, the kids will be meeting here on the church campus uh, for a service opportunity. And here's what we're going to do. Uh, on Monday, September 27th, we are working with Brookdale Senior Living Facility here in Westlake Hills to provide um, bags filled with goodies and breakfast as well to let the teachers and staff of Eanes Elementary know how much we appreciate them and all the work that they're doing. They had a very tough year last year and this year is still difficult, so we just wanted to let them know how much we appreciate them as a church uh, and as Brookdale as well and that their community supports them. So our kiddos today are gonna be decorating these bags, these goodie bags, the actual bags themselves, customizing them, making them look awesome. So that'll be happening today at four o'clock. Uh, and that's every second Sunday. And then on every fourth Sunday, there is a fun activity, an outdoor fun adventure. For our youth, uh, the fun thing is happening today at uh, four o'clock, four to six, there is a pool party at the home of Linda and Jeff Cox. Um, if you have not already signed up, you can still participate and be a part of that. Uh, and you can let uh, Ashley Mangold, our youth ministries director, know. There's also a sign up uh, that you can access on uh, the website and also on uh, social media. There is a post there that just went up this morning. You can get to that. But if you have questions, contact Ashley, youth at westlake-umc.org. All right. Uh, and then next Saturday, our youth will be gathering for a service opportunity to revamp the youth room, doing some painting, some decorating, and just getting their creative on. It's going to be awesome. We're going to go HGTV all over that room. It's going to be a blast. So <clears throat> come out and be a part of that with us, followed by lunch and some fun. Today is our newcomer's lunch for those who are new or newer to the church. And uh, many of you have signed up. That is fantastic. If you are here and you're like, you know what, I would like to go, but I haven't signed up yet, just let me know right after the service or even during the passing of the peace or at some point during the service, uh, just so I have a heads up, that would be great. But we'd love for you to participate if you are interested in uh, being part of this newcomer's lunch. It'll give you a chance to get to know us a little bit, 
get to know you a little bit, and you can hear a little bit more about the mission and ministry and life of Westlake UMC. All right, one last thing. Um, we are so excited and thankful for our interim children's ministry coordinator, Kelly Brewer, and as you know, our uh, children's ministry director of uh, several years, Megan Getman, uh, did depart. We said farewell last Sunday, and I just want to let you know uh, that it is not too late if you would like to contribute to a love offering to uh, just let Megan know how much you appreciated her and her ministry here. You can still do that. Uh, easiest ways on the website, or you can do that in person uh, in the offering uh, plate in the, the narthex on your way out today. Thanks so much, everybody. Happy Sunday. Let's stand and pray together. God of the lost, the least, and all who long for home, when we wander from your ways and waste the gifts you have given us, welcome us back, we pray, so that we may celebrate and rejoice at your heavenly party forever. Through Jesus Christ, your beloved Son. Amen. Our opening hymn is Many Gifts, One Spirit, number 114 in the United Methodist Hymnal. Let's sing from our hearts if you're here in person. Folks at home, sing loud enough for all of us, please. of changing. 
wonderful, Nina. Welcome to Westlake United Methodist Church. My name is Tracy Beadle. I'm the senior pastor, and I am so thrilled to see all of you here gathered today in person and those of you joining us online to worship God. Our God is definitely worthy of our praise. We, he comes to us through Jesus Christ, who shares with each and every one of us a deep, deep peace. I want to invite us now to turn to our neighbors and share the peace of Christ with one another. I'd like to invite all the children to come forward for children's time, actual children and the young at heart. Come on up. friends. I can give Cooper a hard time because I know him. I had him in VBS. <clears throat> How are you today? All right, all right. Well, I have a package here. What do you think this package looks like? A box. Mm, about what shape it is in this box. You want to hold it? See if you can shake it. We oh, think that might be a box. St still works. Is it heavy? Is it light? Explain it to these people out here. It's light? Okay. Well, this is a Bible. Were you expecting that? No. Okay. Well, it's wrapped in thick brown paper. And it's wrapped in thick brown paper because the Bible is old and brown kind of makes me think of old, yeah. Um, do you like campfire stories? How about a bedtime story? Yes. Sure. sure, okay. <laughs> yeah, so a campfire story is pretty much the same thing as a bedtime story, it's just told around a campfire, like you 
you have a campfire, maybe you roast hot dogs or marshmallows. But some of the stories in the Bible are so old that they were told as campfire stories. Some of this book is 3,000 years old. That's probably older than your parents, don't you think? Yeah? Just a little bit? Uh, let's see. Miss Ashley, can you unwrap that first layer? Let's see what's underneath. Right? Ooh. Another box. What's on this one? Comics from the newspaper. What are comics? Why do you think there might be comics on the Bible? <laughs> Too many questions this early in the morning. Well, the Bible is full of all kinds of stories. Daniel in the lion's den, Moses and the Ten Commandments, the Good Samaritan. Do you have a favorite? No? They're all good, right? Do you have a favorite? Um, Jonah. Jonah. Jonah and the big fish. That, that one always hits me right here. Because I'm like, God's telling me to do something, but I don't want to do it. In comics, I think God also has a sense of humor. What's next? See what's under this level. And it is a purple box. Purple is the color of royalty. What does royalty make you think of? A king, yes. What does a king have? A crown and lots of guitars. He might have lots of guitars. King of guitars, I like it. A king has a lot of money, right? Money, things of value, jewels, a crown, right? So the Bible is pretty valuable. That's what the purple is telling us, that the Bible is very valuable. So we've got old, we've got stories, we've got valuable. Can you open it up? Here we go, drum roll. And there's the Bible. It's a, red box <laughs> a red box with paper in it. But there's so much more to that. See? God's word is for all of us. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for your word. Thank you for all we can learn from it. Thank you for the ancient stories and help us to learn from it and apply it today. Amen. Now, Cooper, you came for a very special reason today, didn't you? What grade are you in? Third. Third. That means you get your own Bible today. Woo. Can you stand up here and have your mom come up with you? And Miss Ashley is going to give you something. 
Um, we are going to read the names of all the kids that will be receiving Bibles. We had a couple of kids that received them in the earlier service, and we are delivering some to the kids as well. So some of them might be watching online, so we're going to say all of their names. And when I get to Cooper here, he will receive this Bible, and we'll have a little um, prayer over them afterwards. Um, uh, Byron A. Mason B. Eli C, Lauren D, Cooper. All right, Cooper, here you go. There we go, very special. I still have the one I got here in third grade. Campbell R, Jack S, Madison S, Maggie S, Chloe W. I think that's it, right? Yes, all right, um, so now this is for the parents. Um, I will read it with you as well. Um, this part's just for the parents, though. <laughs> um, so you can just read it with me. All right. yeah. um, dear, dear God, thank you, you for the Bible. Bible. Bless our child who receives it this day. Help, Help us to explore the Bible with our child so that our family can be strengthened in our journey to know you better. Um, and then this part, Cooper, you and I are going to read together. I'll say it, and you just repeat after me. Sound good? Okay, cool. You don't have to read it loud or anything. Um, dear God, you have to be. Dear God, yeah, just wait for you. Thank you for the Bible. Bless our parents who will help us read it. Help us to use it to learn more about you and your love. All right. All right, and then this part is for um, all of the congregation. We're all going to read this together. Um, Dear God, thank you for the Bible. Bless these children who receive it, and bless their parents and Sunday school teachers who will help them read it. Help us all to remember to spend time with the Bible in our journey to know you better. Amen. Congratulations, Cooper. with your generosity of spirit that we might all become prodigal hosts and hold me up God that I might lift you up amen here now the gospel of Jesus Christ according to Luke Jesus said a certain man had two sons 
The younger son said to his father, Father, give me my share of the inheritance. Then the father divided his estate between them. Soon afterward, the younger son gathered everything together and took a trip to a land far away. There he wasted his wealth through extravagant living. When he had used up his resources, a severe food shortage arose in that country, and he began to be in need. He hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from what the pigs ate, but no one would give him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food? But I'm starving to death. I will get up and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Take me on as one of your hired hands. So he got up and he went to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion. His father ran to him, hugged him, and kissed him. Then his son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Fetch the fattened calf and slaughter it. We must celebrate with feasting. Because this son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today begins a three-week worship series called Spiritual Life Hacks. Essential hacks every Christian should know. Most of y'all probably know what a hack is, but just in case, a life hack is a trick or it's a simple and clever trick or technique for accomplishing some familiar task more easily and more efficiently. The best life hacks involve tricks that are free, that are efficient, and that are stunningly obvious in retrospect. One hack that changed my life was when someone taught me how to clean my microwave. (laughs) I don't know about y'all, but I cannot stand to clean my microwave. All of the splatterings of things that have exploded for weeks, dried and baked onto the inside of your microwave. Well, one day, somebody taught me that if you will take a wet sponge or a wet cloth and put it inside the microwave, wring it out, kind of coat the walls and the ceiling with water, and then turn the microwave on for two minutes, it's like magic. Suddenly, everything just wipes off without any effort at all. It was truly life-changing, y'all. You need to try it. Here's Here's a life hack that I wish I had known a couple of months ago when I was painting my house. I made a huge mess trying to wipe the excess paint off of my paintbrush. I had layers and layers of dried paint all over the outside of my paint can. Little did I know, a rubber band would have solved all my problems. Y'all, there are some really obvious tricks or hacks that every Christian should know, simple tips or truths that can guide our approach to some of life's most common conundrums. Today we're talking about how to throw a party. 
I don't throw a whole lot of parties. So I'm in awe of those people who know how to throw really great parties. I'm sure y'all know these people. Um, They're amazing. They have these parties that have these really cool themes, you know, and the theme is played out in every aspect of the party, in what they're wearing, in their food choices, in the decorations, in the drinks. And there's usually some form of entertainment. There's music or dancing maybe or games that you play. Maybe there's some of those party favors, you know, the really cool gifts that you get to take home with you that will remind you of the party for days to come. For me, the very best parties are marked by hosts who make their guests feel so welcome. There are some people that are just truly gifted at making everyone who walks through their front door feel completely at home. Well, there are a number of stories in the Bible that have something to say about parties. Take the one that we just read, for example. Most people know this story as the parable of the prodigal son. Prodigal means to spend money or resources freely or recklessly, to be wastefully extravagant. Well, this son's behavior certainly falls into that category. We read this story and we are blown away by this son's audacity that he would ask his father for his inheritance early I mean, he's basically saying, I can't wait for you to die, Dad. Then we're actually astounded that the Father gives it to him. And maybe we're not all that surprised to learn that the son soon leaves and then wastes what should have been enough money to last him an entire lifetime. The son then ends up taking what I imagine must have been the only job he could find feeding pigs. It must have been the only work he could find because it had to have been among the one of the last things he would have ever chosen to do. Pigs, according to his Jewish tradition, were unclean animals. Normally he would have had absolutely nothing to do with a pig. But he is so desperate, so destitute, that he not only feeds pigs, but he longs for their food scraps. Finally, Scripture says, the son comes to his senses and he plots his return home. He decides he's going to put himself at the mercy of his father, who, thankfully, good for him, is deeply merciful. In fact, the better title for this story should be the parable of the prodigal father, Prodigal also means having or giving something on a lavish scale. Prodigal is still an over-the-top sort of giving, but in the father's sake, it's for the benefit of others rather than for himself. I mean, just look at what the father does. The son has carefully planned what he's going to say to his father. I mean, this son is ready to grovel. He is ready to beg to be a hired servant, but his words are completely lost because before he can utter a single word, his father has him in his embrace and is throwing him a party. The father sees the son, scripture says, from a long way off. I mean, don't you just know that this father 
every single day since his son departed has had his gaze trained on that horizon, looking for any sign that he might return, praying every single day, dear God, please return my son to me. And when he finally sees him, (laughs) he can't contain himself. He runs out to meet him, scoops him up in his arms and showers him with kisses for a grown man, the head of a household in his culture. And at that time, his behavior would have been considered quite undignified, but he doesn't care. All he cares about is his son and welcoming him home. And y'all, what a homecoming it is. The father sees what the son needs and then gives him a series of lavish gifts. The father, the father orders that a robe and a pair of sandals be brought to put on his son. That right there should be a clue of exactly how bad things had gotten for this son. I mean, he arrives home apparently barefoot and robeless, or at the very least with shoes and robe in tatters. It's important to know that the robe that the boy left with, because he would have had a robe when he left, that would have been one of his prized possessions, part of his legacy. His robe would have been handmade or commissioned by his mother specifically for him, and it would have been a sign of the family that he was a part of. I mean, just to give you an idea of how valuable a man's robe was, Do you remember the story in John's Gospel when the soldiers kneel at the cross of Jesus and they're dividing up his garments? They pretty amicably divide up most of his garments according to the story, but when it comes to his robe, they have to cast lots for it because nobody's giving up on that robe without some sort of contest. Well, the son returns home with his family, robe lost or in tatters, And without a second thought, the father orders that not just any robe, but the best robe be brought for his son. The best robe in the house was very likely the father's robe. The father wraps his son in the cloak off his own back. In addition to the sandals and the robe, the father gives the son a ring. Now, this would have been a signet ring, a ring that would identify him as a part of the family. This ring would have given him the authority to do business on behalf of the family in the family's name. My oldest daughter just got her first credit card. (laughs) I'm the primary card holder, but we have entrusted her with the family's credit to hopefully responsibly pay for items that she needs while she's away at college. This signet ring would have been an indication that the son had been brought back into full relationship with the father, into full standing within the family. And then, of course, the father slaughters the prized calf, and they have an epic barbecue So what is the essential hack that we learn about throwing a party from this parable? 
Clearly, it's extravagant hospitality. But I love how this parable paints what extravagant generosity looks like. First of all, we need to be on the lookout. We need to be attentive to those around us, especially those who are estranged or maybe on the fringes, those who are lost, those who are in desperate need, those um, who are in desperate need of love and compassion, food, clothing, shelter, people who are in need of a sense of belonging, people who need a homecoming. If we want to throw a prodigal party, we can't limit the guest list. We can't limit it to those who we think deserve it. Our guest list can't have any limits, in fact. Rather than seeking those who we judge have either earned it or deserve it, something that's not really our place and we usually get wrong, our place is to intentionally look for those who are most in need of a place. There's another story that Jesus tells about giving a party, and in that story he says, don't just invite your friends and your family. Don't invite people that you know can pay you back, can reciprocate. You need to intentionally invite those who can never repay you. Yesterday was the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Most of us are old enough to remember exactly where we were when we found out what was happening that day. And if you turned on the TV at all yesterday or scrolled through social media, if you're like me, you probably shed some tears yesterday, remembering. We remembered the horrors of that day. But most importantly, we remembered the heroes of that day. Those who saw a long way off, who could see the needs of others. And on that day, and in the days, and the weeks, and the months, and the years since, have responded with prodigal generosity, running into burning buildings, running to overtake the terrorists on that fourth plane, saving who knows how many lives running to join the military, running to embrace those who were hurting, running to wrap those grieving the loss of their beloved friends and family with deep compassion. All of us, I think, opened our arms a little bit wider in the days following the events of 9-11, especially those early days. In fact, there was a lot said about it in the news yesterday. We held each other with a greater love. And on this 20th anniversary, there are many who remain in need. The families of those who lost loved ones on 9-11 and who have lost loved ones in the 20 years since to the wars we fought in its aftermath, those who have escaped and continue to escape from Afghanistan upon our exit from that war. 
How can we look out for and see those in need of a homecoming, a place to rest, a place to belong, to be embraced and cared for and loved, received with prodigal generosity. I got to witness such a homecoming this week. Ann Finch and Kim Weidman, members of our church and leaders within our service committee, they've been working with Refugee Services of Texas to help our church welcome an Afghan family to their new home as they resettle here in Austin. Ann got the ball rolling weeks ago when she shared with her Sunday school class the need, and the news quickly spread through other groups in the church, and before long, most of the items needed to furnish an apartment had been gathered and were being stored here at the church. A week ago, we heard that it might be uh, mid-October, maybe, before we had the opportunity to host a family. And then suddenly, this past Thursday at noon, Anne got a call asking if we could furnish an apartment that day, <laughs> that afternoon. The family had already arrived, and they were sitting in an empty apartment. Y'all, God had been looking out, seeing a long way off, preparing through the attentive and faithful members of our church all that would be necessary for a prodigal homecoming. By 1.30 Thursday afternoon, just an hour and a half after Anne received that first notice, Members of our church were loading up their cars and trucks with all the furniture that we had collected and were storing here. Another church member grabbed mattresses, a couple of chairs, and a rug from Refugee Services of Texas, while another church member ran to the store to buy toiletries, and another went to shop for groceries, and another delivered soft goods. By dinner time, Westlake UMC's amazing team had furnished and stocked a two-bedroom apartment to welcome a very weary but grateful Afghani family. Welcomed them home. <laughs> now, this was not exactly how our service committee had imagined this would play out. They'd expected to have lots of notice. They wanted to go and clean the apartment, get it stocked, furnished, everything ordered, maybe even put some flowers on the table before the family arrived. But because Ann and Kim and so many prodigal hearts within our church had the foresight, because God, through them, was preparing for some who were yet a long way off, they were able to respond with a truly stunning display of grace. This church does this a lot. Our congregational care team, with the help of Mary Lou and Leslie and many others, we welcome people home all the time. Welcome them home from the hospital, from rehab. I get to welcome home an, a baby this week, Thursday. I get to take them a meal. Our early response team and our volunteers in mission, they welcome people back home all the time, mucking out their homes after they've been utterly devastated as a result of a natural disaster, 
so that they can re-inhabit them, rebuilding their homes. We have a team leaving tomorrow to go to Houston this week, and we're in the process of planning a a trip to Louisiana. So if any of you would like to welcome someone home in the name of Christ, let me know. There are plenty of opportunities. So are you keeping an eye out? Who do you see that is in desperate need of an extravagant homecoming? Who can you run to and embrace and celebrate today or in the coming week with a prodigal generosity by showering them with profuse compassion? Because y'all, here's the deal. We have all been welcomed home in the most extravagant way by a God who, even though sometimes we wander far away, through Jesus Christ loves us so much that they spread their arms wide, bestowing upon us a gift we can never repay, calling out to each and every one of us, welcome home. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Tracy. I love hearing those stories, don't you? It's so inspiring, it's so encouraging, and I concur. These kinds of things continually happen in the life of the church. And I'm so grateful to be a part of a church that does so much to care for one another and to care for those outside of these walls as well. Well, as we prepare our hearts to give as an act of gratitude and worship, I want to let you know that there are a few ways that you can give to support the work of Westlake UMC and all of the ministries that it is a part of. First, you can go to our website, westlake-umc.org. You can make a one-time gift or you can set up recurring gifts, which is easy, it's convenient, it's what my family does. You can text Westlake UMC in all caps to 73256. Or you can mail a check to the church at any time that's convenient to you. And if you're here in person, you can uh, place a check or cash in the offering plate, which will be in the narthex on your way out today. Well, there's one other opportunity I wanted to mention to you, uh, a a way that you can show some generosity, some thoughtfulness, some kindness. Uh, We talked about the service opportunity for our children this afternoon. Well, out uh, on the table in the narthex, there is a, a big piece of a foam board that is like, kind of like a giant card that we'll be giving to uh, the folks at Eanes Elementary, the staff and teachers, so that it's not just an institution that they're receiving this gift from, but it's a group of people, people who care deeply about the community that we are in, that we are a part of, and that we serve. And so I want to invite you on your way out today, if you would so kindly, just sign your name on that that piece of poster, which will just be another reminder to the staff and teachers who've had a very tough time over this last year and a half. Just another encouragement to them uh, that there is a, a great community surrounding them that loves and cares about them and wants them to know that they are loved. Thank you so much, everybody.
Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Thank you, Lydia and Stephen. That was beautiful. Well, friends, let's pray together as an act of generosity, as an act of love for each other, for our community, and for our world. And for those of you worshiping online, I want to invite you to share any joys or concerns that you may have in the chat or the comment section. Let's pray together. God, we celebrate the 32nd wedding anniversary for Corrine and Bob Carnioni. We celebrate the birthdays of Becky Games, Reverend Lisa Strauss, Becky Fain, Lucy Goodrich, Jen Marine, and more. We give thanks for all the first responders in our community, fire, safety, police, and emergency personnel. And as cases of COVID-19 continue to spike, we give thanks for all of the healthcare workers and providers that work diligently to save lives. God, may they know your strength, and may they know our support. God, you understand the relational, spiritual, emotional, and financial needs that we're facing, and we know that you are with us and that you will direct us. May your comfort and peace be felt, especially for those who grieve in any way. We remember the tragedies of September 11, 2001. And we recognize this as a time of solemn remembrance. May we honor the lives that were lost in those tragic acts. 
May we give thanks for those who served and saved, rendered aid and assistance. May we give comfort to those who live with loss. May we seek justice and peace where it is within our ability and rely on You when the ability escapes us. On this day of solemn remembrance, may we build what has been torn down. May we mend what has been broken. May we live in Your love when hate seems to reign. May we bear witness to the cause of peace. Let's take the next few moments of silence to offer up to God that which weighs most heavily upon us. And now we will pray with faith, with conviction, and with hope the prayer that Jesus taught His disciples saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our closing hymn today is the summons in the faith we sing number 2130. Let's stand and reflect on these words together.
candle is lit today in memory of all those who lost their lives on 9-11 and as we continue to reflect on their lives and remember their sacrifice and the sacrifice of all those since I invite us all to look a long way off seeking those who are most in need of extravagant grace and an amazing homecoming and know that the love of God, the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit are with each and every one of us now and remain with us always. Amen. <laughs>